0: Good morning. Good morning, how's everybody doing today? Well, welcome to our final week of Filter and I'm just going to tell you I decided to extend this series one more week uh, and the topic today is one whenever I present it you're going to be like I cannot believe that he's preaching on that this week. You'll see why here in just a minute uh, but before we dive into that quick question, how, is anybody in here cold? Okay, because I'm freezing up here y'all. I walked in, I'm like, it's cold up in here, so if they could adjust the, the air, that'd be great, so I don't like icicles and stuff. All right, real quick, before we dive off into this, let me welcome you if you're here today as a guest. Uh, my name is Jay, my wife Stacy, and I are the pastors here at Journey And it's just great to have you with us. And then also I want to greet everybody who is joining us online right now. I know every Sunday morning we have a great group of people who join us live in their home through our streaming service. And so Journey Church, let's give them a great big Journey Church welcome this morning. Come on, give it up for them. Awesome. Awesome. Then I want to tell you about something that you can go ahead and write it down on your calendar. And the reason why is because it's going to be here rather quickly. Can y'all believe it's December 1st? Isn't that crazy? I mean, the year is coming. It will be over with here in a month. But we got Christmas coming up. Did y'all have a good Thanksgiving? And we have coming up here in just a few short weeks, Christmas at Journey. And last year we did Christmas at Journey and... We figured with the new addition to the auditorium, we gained about 125 seats that we would be able to accommodate all the people who came to those Christmas experiences, uh, and it would be no issue at all, and man, were we ever wrong. Uh, we had people everywhere, people out in the foyer, so here's what we've done for this year. Uh, Christmas that Journey actually will be over a weekend. Uh, we are going to start it with the very first service on December the 21st on a Saturday night at 6 o'clock. We've added additional service. And then Sunday morning, our regular service times, 845, 1030, 1215. So we're offering four Christmas at Journey worship experiences this year. Look at your neighbor say, that's awesome. Yes. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, uh, you need to make plans. Go ahead and invite your friends, your family, your enemies, everybody you know. And the reason why is because you want to get them out here to be a part of the service. It's going to be a very special service. Uh, It is one of my favorite services of the entire year. And our team has been working very hard. So go ahead and decide which service you want to be a part of. We're going to come together and have a great worship experience. And it is going to be absolutely amazing. Now, as we roll into the holidays, if you've been a part of Journey for any length of time... Uh, You know that during the Christmas season we receive what is called our legacy offering. And here's what that offering is used for. It's utilized for different missions or outreach projects. And this year, we're going to receive that next Sunday, the 8th, and then the following Sunday, the 15th. And it'll be an offering we take at the end of the service. And here's the projects that we are working on. First of all, we've got a young missions couple that we're going to help them secure a van in Kenya that they need uh, for their ministry. The second thing that we're going to do is we I shared this with y'all last week. I went ahead and gave the green light. On a property purchase in belize and we're going to go ahead and begin construction on our second care point in belize now what we've done is this care point is going to be a little bit different because the strahan family uh eric and carly and addison uh they they lost little ethan about a year and a half ago and ethan was such a, a ray of sunshine and light Uh, Within his home, within the community. And what we've decided to do is we've decided to dedicate this care point to Ethan Strahan. And so it's gonna be great, it's gonna be very emotional. But here's the thing that I shared last week Ethan loved to make people smile, and there are gonna be a lot of kids smiling as they go into that care point to eat uh, throughout the week. And we take care of their needs, not only physically with food, but also spiritually and emotionally as well. So very excited about the Ethan Strahan Care Point. I need you guys to help me spread the word, and within your families, be praying about how the Lord would have you interact with us in this offering that we're going to receive over the next two weeks. Now, here's where we are with this series. I held it out for an additional week. You're going to see why here in just a minute. Uh, this past week, we celebrated Thanksgiving, and my question for you is this. Did you eat a lot of food? Amen. How many of you ate too much food? I'm, a, I'm just, right here, y'all, right here. I talked to somebody earlier, not going to name any names, and I said, how, how, how was your Thanksgiving? She's like, I feel like a stuffed turkey. So, <laughs> but question for you, when it comes to, to eating and Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff, I want to know something. What is your favorite thing that you ate at Thanksgiving with your family this week? Anybody? Who? My favorite thing that I ate at Thanksgiving this week was what? okay hold, hold on what did you say <laughs> Mac and cheese. a what macaroni and cheese macaroni and cheese good stuff anybody else what did you say Ray did you say gumbo seafood or regular seafood gumbo can I get an amen in the house okay what ham honey baked ham yes lots of it yes oh yeah all right what was your favorite thing you ate barbecue meatballs Barbecue meatballs, okay? What well, we got here all the way in the back. Back row, what was your favorite thing you ate for Thanksgiving? Cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce. Probably had the best reaction right there out of everybody, you know, just Some people were like, ugh. some people were like that's amazing. What about you, Charlie? Uh, chicken. Chicken, okay. Pretty easy, just chicken. Anybody else? Favorite thing. What? Turkey. Turkey. I'm, okay, I was waiting for somebody to bring it home right here. What was it? Ruth's Chris, sweet potato casserole. Sweet potato casserole. God is in the house right now. I'm just telling you. Anybody else got something that, that was not named? What you, lasagna. That's a little different, a little Italian Thanksgiving going on. Okay, what you got? Oreo balls. Okay, somebody said pie. Pumpkin pie. All right. Mashed potatoes and gravy, cornbread. cornbread dressing, green bean casserole, deep fried corn, what? Spinach Madeline. I, spinach? Spinach Madeline? I don't like spinach. If it's wrapped in, what, what's in Spinach Madeline? If it's wrapped in cheese, I guess it's good. Okay. Chocolate Oreo pie, cherry crisp, what? Heath Bar cake? Come on. Holy Ghost is speaking. Now, now the reason why I'm asking y'all what your favorite food were for Thanksgiving is because I'm making everybody hungry right now, right? Right? But today, we're going to close out this series called Filter, talking about the different things that God brings into our life to help bring purity to us. Things like prayer, things like worship, things like study of the word. We're going to close out this series by talking about fasting. (laughs) Come on. Everybody's excited now. Woo! Woo. There's, There's two topics. Whenever a pastor starts speaking on, people are like... Oh, my gosh. Tithing and fasting. Everybody's like, all right, I'm going to take a nap. Y'all wake me up in 35 minutes. Yeah. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Hang in there, okay? And the reason why, this is probably one of the greatest filters that God has ever given us. I love worship. I love prayer, conversing with God, opening my heart, letting him speak to me. I love that time of study in the Word, but there is something to be said for fasting, y'all. That really, is, if we want to draw close to God, if we want to hear His voice, if we want to grow in our relationship with Him, then fasting needs to be a part of our life. And here's the reason why uh, I saved this message specifically for this weekend. is because we're going into, into a time of busyness. I get it. Uh, But as we get generally into the new year, we as a church will take a season for prayer and fasting. And so you're going to hear more about this in the upcoming weeks as we get into the new year and start talking about 2020 vision. Uh, Can y'all believe it's going to be 2020? That's crazy. Uh, But we're going to talk about fasting and we're going to go as a church into a season of fasting and and prayer. And what I wanted to do was to talk to you about this today because I think a lot of people have misconceptions whenever it comes to fasting a lot of people don't understand fasting they're like well you know that's all good and fine and dandy but that's for them super christians you know those ones that really got it all together and the reality is jesus kind of said it like this in matthew chapter 6 he said three words when you fast in other words not if you fast not if it's something that you decide you want to do or not but no when you fast as believers as christians then it needs to be a part of our lifestyle. It needs to be something that we participate in on a regular basis. Now, how regular is that, Pastor Jay? You're talking about every week. You're talking about every other day. Now, I'm talking about in your own personal life, however often the Holy Spirit leads you in that direction. There are people who fast. I know personally people who fast on a weekly basis. There are some people who fast once or twice a year uh, but I believe it needs to be a regular part of our life as the Holy Spirit leads us. And here's what he goes on. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. In other words, here's what it looks like. Somebody's walking and like, oh, oh man, I'm fasting. <laughs> this is miserable. But I, I, I love Jesus. And they, they look like they're having the worst experience of their life, but they want everybody around them to know that they are fasting by their expression, by the things that they are telling everybody. And Jesus very plainly says that, hey, that's hypocritical within your life. He says, truly, i tell you, they have received their reward in full. Yeah. In other words, what they've got is the attention of people directed towards them, feeling bad for them. All oh, poor thing. Oh, you, you, you really love Jesus. And they have gotten their reward right then and there. Right. But he goes on and says, But well, when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to the others what you, that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In other words, when you're fasting, have the joy of the Lord on your life. When you're fasting, wash your face. You know, have a smile on your face. Don't walk around look like you've been dipped in pickle juice. <laughs> but walk around and let the joy of the Lord be evident within your life. Now, some people use that verse to say, well, wait a minute. When we have a corporate fast as a church, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to do that in secret. Well, in your own personal time of fasting, yes, that's something between you and the Lord, but you're going to see here in a few minutes when we call a corporate fast in other words as a church as a body of believers when we are fasting in one direction we can come together in unity and do that together so that we as a church and individually are growing in the things of god and that is always a good thing look at your neighbor say that's good stuff now when you talk about fasting and i specifically saved this message to share with you right after Thanksgiving because I didn't think last week it would really go over all that good, okay? So I saved it for this week and a lot of people want to know, hey, what is it? I hear people talk about this. In fact, it's, it's kind of within the fitness world, it's kind of a new craze called intermittent fasting where people say, well, you know what, I'm going to only eat between these hours and the, these hours so that I can lose weight and get my blood sugar levels and all that, You know, and that's for dietary purposes. What is fasting in line with being a Christian? Well, here's what it is. It actually is a spiritual discipline where we are denying our appetite so that we can focus more on God. Now, that sounds like something that our culture really loves, Right? because uh, honestly we live in a culture where we have a, a, a ferocious appetite we like to consume in fact th- this week this past week if you're anything like me i consumed and i consumed some more and some more and last night stacy we we were actually I, I got home from the camp yesterday evening After spending a couple days hunting, and she said, we got all the leftovers out and ate it. She said, well, we got a little bit left. What you want to do with it? I said, let's get it. Just get rid of this. Get it out of here. I'm tired of eating this stuff because we have eaten so much stuff. We consume. Everybody say consume. It's in our our culture. It's a part of our DNA. And we don't like to deny ourselves. We don't like to say, well, you know what, I'm going to push back from that so that I can deny myself a little bit so that I can be more focused on the things that God has for our, my life. And so here's what I want to help you understand. Fasting is one of the spiritual disciplines that we can have within our life that will help bring things back into focus. Have you ever needed like a refocus in your life? I know personally, I, I go to the eye doctor every January. And I wear contacts, been wearing contacts for years and uh my doctor he told me a couple years back he said "Well, now you're 40 something he said the time is going to come where you're just going to kind of wake up he said it's going to happen like this quick where you're just going to wake up one day and like your eyesight's changed like you can't see stuff up close or far away and you're like what's going on and I'm like ah you don't know what you're talking about and guess what over about the last month, I told Stacy we were driving along the other day. Literally, we're driving along. I'm driving. And I said, I cannot wait for my eye exam in January. She said, why? I said, because I'm having a hard time seeing stuff like far away. And I'm having a harder time seeing stuff up close. And she's like, do, do you, should I be driving? I'm like, no. I said, let, let me show you how how you know what I I can actually see you see that sign down there I'll tell you whenever I can see it clearly we're getting closer and closer and I'm like all right she's like well we passed the sign and I'm like I'm just kidding it wasn't that bad but I need to go to the eye doctor so he can make some adjustments to my contacts, my glasses, so that I can see things in focus. And sometimes life gets a little blurry, am I right? right? We need to refocus within our life. And I'm telling you, one of the greatest filters that we have available to us is the spiritual discipline of fasting. It is a wonderful thing. You go throughout Scripture, you see different people who needed to refocus. You see different people who had different things within their life. They needed to hear the voice of God. We're going to touch on that here in the next few minutes. And and I'm going to tell you, seriously, don't tune me out today. Don't be like, ah, that's for other people. It's for all of us within the body of Christ. Now, there's different ways that you can fast. You go through the Scriptures. One of the most common ones these days uh, people participate in what's called a Daniel fast for however long, you want, You know, three days, 10 days, 21 days is pretty common. Well, that's where you're just eating fruits and vegetables and water. Some people do a water fast. Some people do a juice fast. One of my favorite fasts to do is a media fast. That's where you shut down social media. You turn off the TV, video games, all that kind of stuff. You just turn it off. And you disconnect from all that. And I'm going to tell you something. We've done that quite a bit within our house. And it is one of the greatest things that you'll ever do in your life because it quiets things down. I remember one time as a church we did 21 days of prayer and fast. And I believe it was in like 2010. And uh, we decided we're going to ramp this thing up. I did 21 days of doing the Daniel fast. We did 30 days as a family of this was kind of cool. No eating out at all. Okay, like we're not going to eat anything except what we prepare here at the house. Like instead of going to a restaurant saying, give me a salad with vinaigrette dressing, we did all that stuff at the house. And then we unplugged, we did a media fast, took the boys' game system and all that. You'd have thought like we we shot them or something (laughs) because they were like, what? But it was probably one of the greatest experiences for us as a family over 30 days and saved a whole lot of money. So uh, not eating out. But here's the thing. It's a spiritual discipline that we see in Jesus' life, and it needs to be a part of our life as well. Jesus, whenever he was about to begin his earthly ministry, in Matthew chapter 4, we see this. I like the first part of this because it says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. In other words, he didn't just say, hey, I'm just going to randomly do this. He was fully man, but he was fully human, and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. In other words, he's going into the wilderness to fast, to prepare for his earthly ministry, and he knew that the enemy was going to come against him and tempt him. Look at this. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, I don't know about you. You fast for 40 days and 40 nights, you are going to be hungry. Okay, And I think that a lot of times people make a, a mistake when it comes to fasting. They look at this passage of Scripture and they say, Well, you know what? I'm going to start fasting. I'm going to go 40 days with no food. One of the biggest mistakes you can ever make in your life, and the reason why is because you're going to get, like, to lunchtime, you're going to be like, all right, I'm out, okay? (laughs) Because you've got to work your way into fasting. I highly recommend if you're going to start fasting on a regular basis, let it start with fruits and vegetables, let it start with juice, something like that, and start for, like, one day to two days to three days, and then work your way forward from there. Now, Jesus, here he is, He's at this point where he's fasting, he's hungry, and i got to tell you something. Usually whenever you start talking about fasting, everybody thinks about that. They think of that word, hunger. I'm going to be hungry. Look at your neighbor and say, hungry. If I fast, I'm going to be hungry. But I'm going to tell you something. Hunger is not always a bad thing. We tend to think of that's terrible. If I'm hungry... I'm going to my refrigerator. I'm going to open it up. I'm going to get some leftovers out. I'm going to make me a sandwich. I'm going to do whatever cuz I got to take I got to deal with this hunger. And I'm straight up telling you hunger's not always a bad thing. Jesus, he's 40 days without food. He's hungry. He's being tempted by the enemy. The enemy comes after him. He overcomes the enemy with the word of God. And he had this hunger within his life to see change within the culture that he lived in to see change in the world his mission that he came to this world for it's spoken of in Isaiah chapter 61 one it's a prophecy it says he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners so jesus knew specifically why he came to this world and he had a hunger within his life to fulfill this mission specifically to see change in this world. And so hunger, it's not a bad thing. And, and a lot of times we think of it like, man, it's, it's not good, I don't like to be hungry. But, but hunger, in many respects, is oftentimes a good thing. And I want to talk to you about hunger, how it can be a good thing within our life, specifically in regards to fasting. Here's the first thing. A hunger within our life for more of God can lead to a time of fasting in our life. If I have this hunger for God within my life, It's going to lead me to fast. And I just want you, if you don't walk away from this message with anything, let that be something that the Holy Spirit would deposit in your heart today that if I'm going to have this hunger for God within my life, it's going to lead me to a a time of fasting within my life. Whether it's media fast, Daniel fast, water fast, whatever, but it's going to lead me to, to fasting. And you go into Scripture and you see that a lot of people hungered for more of God in their life. I'm not content with where I am in my relationship with God. I want more of God. So it led them to fast. And One of those figures we see in scripture is a man named Jehoshaphat. Everybody say, Jehoshaphat. How would you like to have that name spell it out every, you know, every time you had to write it out? Especially if it's in your password, wow. Okay. So here's King Jehoshaphat. He's a king in Israel and he's at this bad place in life. He's surrounded by enemy forces that have come against them to destroy them and he didn't know what to do so he goes to God and he says this 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verse 3 and I'm gonna tell you what anytime you see a scripture start this way you know it's not a good scene pop scripture up alarmed okay in other words he's in a state of like what am I gonna do alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah in other words Throughout the entire country, he said, hey, guys, we're going to fast because we need to hear from the Lord. You see, Jesus had a hunger in his life for change. Here's Jehoshaphat. He had a hunger in his heart for more of God because he needed clarity from God. And the entire nation came together. They all fasted so that they would be able to hear from God. And he might say, well, what does this have to do with me? Well, maybe you're at a place in your life where you need to hear from God. Maybe you're at a place in life where you need wisdom. Maybe you're at a place in life where you've got some decisions to make. Some big decisions. And I want to make sure that I make the right decision. Well, let me tell you something. When you have a big decision to make, trust me in this. Fasting needs to be a part of the decision-making process for your life. Because fasting helps bring clarity. If we're talking about hunger hunger for God in your life leads to fasting, if you want to hear the voice of God, man we need to be fasting within our life and so here you see this guy that needed to hear the voice of God regarding his nation and so he calls an entire fast across the land and maybe within our lives individually we need to hear the voice of God so maybe we need to make a decision okay I'm going to take a day or two days or three days whatever I'm going to make I need to call a fast in my life so that I can hear the voice of God more clearly. Let me tell you something. This property that you're sitting on, when it came available to us, we were not expecting it to come available. A- and so what happened was we, when it boom, popped up on the scene, uh, myself and, and the board of directors at that time, thats was about 15, 16 years ago, we decided, you know what, we, we need to make a decision here. So we fasted for an entire week. I didn't eat anything. I, I just drank water for an entire week. And then we came together at an Italian restaurant over off Sherwood Forest, and uh, we were going to eat lunch there and discuss and pray together as to what we were going to do. And we sat down, and I'll tell you something, I smell pizza, I smell lasagna, and I'm like, man, I- I'm not going to make it. And I, I'm sitting there, and one by one, we were running that table, and all of us had the same thought process I feel like the Lord is speaking to me that we need to move forward with this. I feel like the Lord is speaking to me that we need to move forward with this. And then we grabbed hands, we prayed, and we said, all right, that's it. We're going to purchase this property that we're now sitting on. And then, praise God, we ate lunch, okay? I was like, thank you, Jesus, all right? But I look back and I say, what a good decision that was that the Lord led us in. And it wasn't made just by, by, by mere men making a decision. Well, it looks like a good decision. Let's do it. No, we wanted to hear the voice of God. So we fasted together so that we could have clarity in hearing God's voice. And that's exactly what happened here in Jehoshaphat's life. Now, the next little story we see in Scripture, there was a queen that named Esther. A lot of people know the story of Esther. And she needed courage. Because what happened was her cousin Mordecai, he comes to her and he says, Hey, listen, I got some bad news for you. All of our people in this region, the the, the Jewish people, they're about to be rounded up and they're about to be exterminated. They're about to be wiped out. And you are the queen. You need to go to your husband, the king, and you need to talk to him about this and see if you can get this taken care of. But the bad news is we think of like no big deal. She's the queen. She can go talk to the king. In the story, in the time, in the culture, she even being the queen could not go talk to him unless he summoned her. And so she's about to go bust up in the king's chambers and talk to him. And she needs courage because he could actually have her executed for coming to him without being summoned by him. And so here's what happened. Esther needed courage to be able to take this step. So she puts forth for all the people in the area, the Jewish people, to come together and fast. That's what it says. Esther chapter 4 verse 16. She said, go gather together all the Jews who were in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I and my attendants will fast as you do. She needed courage in her life. and Here's what I'm going to ask you. How many of us need courage in our life to do something? How many of us need the boldness of the Lord to maybe be able to take a step? Maybe there's something that we feel like the Lord is leading us to do, but we need boldness and courage to be able to do that. And a great way to be able to have that you know, confirmed within your heart is to declare a fast. You see here, they, they fasted for three days. And I, I got to tell you what, talk about buying this property was a major step of faith for us as a church. But one of the major steps was when we actually launched the church. It was 2008, and uh, we had built this auditorium, and we only had about 100, 120 people at that point. And I'm praying like, Lord, we need people to show up. And, and I got to tell you something, I, I was a little nervous. Anybody in here ever got nervous before, maybe a little anxious in your heart? Uh, you know, just when you get a little anxious, a little nervous, somebody says, well, you know, the Bible says that you're not supposed to be anxious for anything. And, and, and I get that, but you know, sometimes you get kind of like those little butterflies down in your stomach. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else get that? Little butterflies, okay. And, and you, you're a little nervous about something. You, you're a little anxious about something. You know why you get that? Anybody know? Because you're human. We all get that. I don't care who you are because you're a human being. We have those moments. And I got to tell you something. I had butterflies in my stomach. And I, I was a little nervous, a little anxious. Like, Lord, I, I, I know that I heard your voice about launching this brand new church in Central. But, Lord, I, we, we need some people to show up. So I'm fasting and praying. It took about an entire week to fast and pray nothing but water, nothing but, uh, towards the end of it, a little bit of juice. And I was trusting God, God, I need your courage. Cause that, that opening weekend, what we call the big day in May, you know, we got to make sure that we're firing on all eight cylinders as a church. And so that day showed up and man, did people show up? We had over 500 people show up, not bad for a church of about 120 people, We had over 500 people People lined up across the back, people standing everywhere. And we're having a great service. I mean, worship's going awesome. And the electricity went out. It was crazy, y'all. And and I I remember I I was confident. I was feeling good. Even though I was a little nervous on the inside, I was confident. And I had courage because I had spent that time in prayer and fasting with the Lord. And so within our lives, I don't care who you are. If you need courage within your life, if you are feeling anxious about something, set aside a couple days, fast, pray, hear the voice of the Lord, and watch as you move forward from that moment how you can move forward with the boldness of the Holy Spirit leading you and directing you. That's what happened here with Esther. Now, one last story. In the Old Testament, there was another prophet. His name was Joel. And Joel needed, he had a hunger within his life to see breakthrough in people's lives nation had fallen into sin it was a bad situation and he spoke to the people about the sin in their life he spoke to them about the need for change he spoke to them about repentance within their lives getting their heart right with god and in the city of judah he called the leaders together and he said you know what guys you need to declare a holy fast throughout the entire land here's where it comes down joel chapter 1 verse 14 he says declare a holy fast call a sacred assembly summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out. Everybody say cry out. Cry out, cry out to the Lord. Now, you might say, well, okay, how does that relate to me? Well, maybe in your life you need to, to, to declare a holy fast. Maybe there's issues that keep popping up in your life. Maybe there's sin that keeps popping up in your life. Maybe there's something in your life, it's, it's been... A difficult thing for you to be able to overcome and you do great with that for a season then the enemy comes in and hits you wham and you battle with it again and you're like God why, why do I keep battling with this sin it could, I don't know it could be an addiction could be a, a sexual sin could be gossip I, I don't know what it is within your life uh, but whatever it is, the enemy comes in and he, he tempts you, then you fall into it, and then he heaps guilt and shame and all this on you, and you're like, why do I keep battling this? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Maybe in your life you need to declare a holy fast. Take a day, three days, 21 days, 40 days, whatever. Be led of the Holy Spirit, and you fast and you pray through until you experience a breakthrough within your life to be able to overcome whatever that is, that you're battling in life we see these individuals jesus man he, fat, he he had a hunger in his life he wanted to see change take place and so he fasted he had a hunger within his heart within his life see the culture change you see jehoshaphat he had a hunger to hear the voice of god god i need clarity from you you see esther she she had a hunger for courage I, i've got to be able to move forward in this i need courage so she fasted and you see joel I, we want to break through within the country a breakthrough within the people's lives so we need to fast for that so there was that hunger within their life and a hunger within our life for more of god will lead to fasting in our life and then here's where we're going to wrap this up because we're talking about that hunger but fasting can lead to a hunger for more of god in other words it's a reversal i have a hunger for god so i'm going to fast And then as I fast, that hunger wants me to even want more of God. In other words, it's never enough. There's never enough of the presence of God. You know what? I've been walking with the Lord for 29 years. I still need more of God in my life. Guess what? When I'm 65, 75, whoa, somebody had a little little issue there. 65, (laughs) 75, 85, whatever, I'm going to need more of God. I want more and more and more of God each and every day of my life and fasting can lead to a hunger for more of god within our lives and so food i want you to get this now when you decide to fast food looks good it does unless you do an immediate fast and then, then you you know you're eating but if you say i'm going to do a, a daniel fast and i'm not eating that but fruits and vegetables for 21 days i'm gonna tell you something i to walk them with a cheeseburger and it's gonna look good Uh, You're going to want that cheese. Somebody walk by with a pizza, got some Domino's. Domino's, maybe it's nasty all the other time, but they walk by with a Domino's pizza, and you're like, oh, man, that looks so good. Food looks good because here's what happens. Get this. The enemy wants to tempt you to direct your focus off of where God is taking you to get you back focused on things on this earth that are earthly that you need for your body. He wants to redirect the focus away from God. And so... Jesus saw this. We've got to stay focused because Jesus, remember, when he fasted for 40 days, Matthew chapter 4, this is what happened. The tempter came to him, that's the devil, and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, question. You think when Jesus was fasting, do you think he was hungry? 40 days and 40 nights with no food? Well, he got hungry all right. Here's what happened. The devil tried to distract him. The devil tried to come along and say, you know what? Look at these these stones here. You can turn them to bread. If you're the son of God, you can turn them into bread. Man, you can chow down. And in that hunger, he tried to distract him from what God had for him. But check this out. His spiritual hunger was far greater. His spiritual hunger for what God had for him to accomplish on this earth was far greater than what the enemy put in front of him. Here's what I want to ask you today. What are you hungry for within your life? Some of you right now might say, well, Pastor, it's 1130. I'm hungry for lunch. (laughs) Talking about all this food. But in regards to God, what are you hungry for? Do you need to hear the voice of God? Do you need a breakthrough in your life? Do you need courage, boldness? Do you need the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom? What are you hungry for? Well, Pastor, why are you preaching this message right now at the beginning of the holidays? Because guess what? We're about to get super busy. If you're anything like our family through the holidays, it is busy. And you get all these things coming at you from all these different directions. You're trying to make everybody happy and you're trying to do all this and get that just right gift and make sure that meal is just right and parties all over the place. And during the holidays, what a wonderful thing that we can say, you know what, I'm going to take today or I'm going to take a meal or I'm going to turn off the TV, turn on some worship music and I'm going to quiet my heart and my spirit and I'm going to redirect my thought process towards the Lord. Let me tell you about one of the greatest spiritual experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Stacy and I, when we were youth pastors in Lafayette, we had a junior high youth group there that probably had about 100 junior high students, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. We took about 50 of those kids to camp one year. We went to a camp outside of Dallas, Texas drove that old school bus over there, didn't have any air conditioning, kids, you know, all the windows down, kids screaming and hollering the whole way there, the whole way back. And while we were there, one of the speakers got up and spoke on fasting. Now, I remember thinking to myself when he was talking about this, man, what an interesting message to be preaching this to a bunch of high school and junior high students. And on the way back to to Lafayette, we're dry, it's hot, y'all. I mean, it was hot, that bust. It was sputtered. and It didn't run very good, but we're making our way on back. It'd go about 55 miles an hour on the interstate. We're driving along, and the kids behind me, they started talking about their experience at camp. The next thing you know, they started talking about fasting. One of them said, Pastor, what do you think about that? Do you think that that the speaker was right? Do you think that we need to make fasting a regular part of our lives? And I said, well, you know what? I, I think as believers, yes. It's something that needs to be a part of our life. And they said, We're going to do it. And I'm like, sixth, seventh, eighth graders, like, Yeah, let's see how far this goes. And the next thing you know, on that school bus, they started organizing amongst themselves that they were going to get together and fast. I'm like, Well, this is pretty cool. They said, What do you think, Pastor Jay? I said, Well, I tell you what, if y'all really want to fast, next week, bring enough juice for 24 hours. Me and Miss Stacy, we'll meet you at the youth hall bring a sleeping bag, we're going to fast for 24 hours, bring your Bible, bring a journal, we're going to have a great time together. Those kids came together, man, they were so excited. And we spent those 24 hours fasting, eating nothing, drinking water, drinking juice, we had devotional time, we had a great worship time that night, it was awesome, y'all. We finished up, and then this is what the kids said, let's do 48 hours. I said, "Oh Lord Jesus!" <laughs> bunch of junior high students, forty-eight hours cooped up in a youth hall. This could get wild. I said, "Well, I tell you what. I talked to Stacy. We came into agreement. You go home next week. Bring enough juice. Bring a sleeping bag, and we're going to fast for forty-eight hours. For forty-eight hours, those kids stayed in that youth hall in that gymnasium." Boys had one area, girls had another area. We had devotional time, we had worship time, we had journaling time, we had prayer time. And I have never in 47 years, 29 years walking with God, I've never quite experienced the Lord in a way that I experienced with those teenagers in that 48-hour fast. To this day, we will still talk with some of them from time to time. Run into them here, there, and yonder. See them on social media or something on social media. And every now and then, guess what comes up? That 48-hour fast. They talk about the difference it made in their life. They talk about the experience that they had with the Lord. They talk about how the Holy Spirit whispered something into their life. It was a life-changing moment. Do I believe that fasting needs to be a part of our lives as the body of Christ? Absolutely. I believe it's probably one of the greatest filters that God has ever given us to bring purity into our life and to refocus us whenever life tends to get a little blurry. So here's what I'm going to do. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. And my question for you today is this. Is life happening a little fast for you? Is life maybe a little blurry for you right now? Man, everything's coming at you fast, there's a lot of stuff happening, you're busy, and life is a little blurry right now. Is there a little, maybe, anxiousness in your spirit? Or are you at that place maybe where you got some butterflies, you need courage? I can't speak for what's happening within your heart and your life right now, only you can, but do you need to refocus? Do you need to experience God's presence in a new and fresh way within your life? Well, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm going to challenge you between now, December 1st, and the very last day of December to take one day. One day. And on that day, you can fast media. On that day, you can fast one meal. You can even choose the meal. On that day, you're going to set it aside and say, you know what? I know that there's still things going on with the holidays and all this kind of stuff. But even in the middle of all that stuff, I'm going to take this day. And I'm going to let God begin to bring my life back into focus the way that it needs to be. I'm going to let God quiet my heart and my spirit and my mind. And before I close out this year, I'm going to experience God's presence in a new and refreshing way through fasting. Every eye closed, nobody looking around, nobody peeking. But who in this room would be real enough, honest enough to say, Pastor, I'll take that challenge. Raise your hand. Let me see it. Let me see it awesome man i love that put your hands down eyes still closed there's some of you in this room right now that you need a relationship with jesus christ i've talked a lot about within the body of christ being believers but today where you are you haven't taken that step into the body of christ yet you've not received jesus as lord and savior of your life Maybe you know all about what he did for you. He went to the cross. He gave his life for you. He ra- was uh, resurrected from the dead three days later. But did you know that he did that specifically for you? He did that for me. did that for all of mankind so that our sins could be forgiven. That there no longer would be a barrier between us and God, but we could freely come to God and freely step into relationship with God. And today, all you have to do is by faith receive what he did and surrender your life to him. The Bible calls that being born again, he changes you from the inside out. Now, today, with every eye closed, I'm I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you if you say yes to this. There might be others of you in this room who would say, Well, Pastor Jay, Years ago or months ago, I gave my heart to Christ, but today I I feel the need to recommit my life to Him. I need to get my heart right with Him all over again. I want to pray with you as well. And so here's what I want you to do. I want to know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to embarrass you at all. But if you would say yes to this, Pastor Jay, I want to give my heart to Jesus for the first time, or I want to get my heart right with Him all over again. Wherever you are in this room, if that's you, let me see your hand, raise it right now. Is there anybody here? like that. I see you in the back over here. I see you right back here. I see you here, right here. I see you right here. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This is your prayer. I'll give you the words, but this is not my prayer. This is your prayer. And you talk to the Lord right where you are. And everybody in this room, I want you to do this with me. Let's encourage these ones who raise their hands. Let's pray this together. Pray this with me loud enough where you can hear it with your own ears. I want you to say, Jesus, you're so good. You love me so much. You went to the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin. And today, by faith, I receive what you did. Today, I admit to you, I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness through your precious blood today make me brand new I give you my life I surrender to you and Jesus I ask you to come live in my heart today I receive you as my savior and I declare you as Lord of my life I thank you so much for your love your grace and your mercy. I thank you for letting me step into your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God's good. Amen. Come on, let's give him a good hand clap today. Awesome.